It's Jim, it's the world of bonds. It's Friday the 21st of May 2020. This is for professional investors only and never investment advice. US Treasury bond yields are down four or five basis points yesterday. They're now at uh, 1.63% at 10 years, despite what was generally decent economic data globally and no risk-off events in the equity markets either. In fact, equities and credit were pretty robust yesterday. Break-even inflation rates, though, were down a little bit. So the five-year tip, the Treasury Inflation Protected Security, the US linker, break-even rate was at 2.62% which is compared with a higher week ago of around two and three quarter percent. So there has been a fall in inflation expectations, which is supporting nominal bond valuations too. Um, And bond markets are believing that the inflation impulses we're seeing at the moment are transitory, to, to use the word that all central banks are using. And that belief is allowing bonds to stabilize and indeed to, to do a little bit better. Uh, We've not talked a lot about credit uh, recently in the uh, podcast. Uh, That's because it's been pretty boring of late. It's been incredibly stable throughout 2021. Um, But it is worth just recapping where we are compared to where we were in March 2020. I'm going to use the the CDS indices just because I've got them in front of me and it's easy. Um, the easiest thing to look at right now. But remember, these credit default indices have a five-year maturity, so they generally have lower credit spreads than the market as a whole, which is a longer-dated market. And therefore, you know, for long, if you lend longer, you'd expect higher credit premium. Also, they're very liquid credit default swap indices, so um, you, you don't have the big illiquidity premium that you'd have by buying physical bonds. So therefore, when you hear these numbers that I quote, bear in mind that uh, the, the benchmarks for physical corporate bonds are um, you know, probably at least one and a half times higher than these numbers in many cases. So let's go through them in any case. So investment grade uh, European and dollar credit at five-year credit default swap indices. That's ITRAX main or CDX um, investment grade. They're both at 52 basis points and that compares to something like 110, 120 basis points back in March 2020. Um, Subordinated financials, which are the lower rated bank bonds, um, uh, lower tier two, tier one bonds, they are trading at 112 basis points compared to 341 basis points in March last year. And high yield is where you see the the huge improvement. So we're at 260 for euro high yield at the moment, nearly 300 for US high yield, which tends to be slightly lower quality and has uh, more of the energy names that are a bit higher beta and a bit racier in them. So 260 and nearly 300 for the US high yield market that compares on the latter for nearly 900 basis points in March. So you can see that the higher beta areas of credit markets have performed extremely strongly over the past year. Um, And, you know, it's about a third of the spread for high yield that it was in March last time and about half the spread for investment grade. The same story is true really in emerging markets. You know, it's been lots and lots of negative headlines for EMD over recent months, in fact, even over recent days, whether it's um, the banning of beef exports in Argentina because of rampant inflation there. Uh, Lots of defaults in Latin America starting to come through and uh, a big downgrade um, yesterday or the day before in Colombia, which has now been downgraded to junk as a result of um, social unrest following some tax changes there or proposed tax changes there. We've also had the South African virus 
Earth's Indian virus mutations that have caused uh, economic as well, uh, disruption as well as huge losses of life in, in those countries. And then things like Russian sanctions and indeed the impact of China sanctions on, on the Asian region. But nevertheless, markets have generally shrugged that off. You know, it was the case that uh, emerging market local FX had borne the brunt of the damage, but even that's done relatively well recently. So, you know, just looking at the Brazilian real here, you go back to February, um, that was at 5.8 to the dollar. It's now at 5.3 to the dollar. Pesos down from 21.5 to the dollar to just below 20 to the dollar. So a general um, improvement. If you look at the, the CDS index for emerging market hard currency bonds that's down at 160 which is not quite the low post um, coronavirus crisis but you know it was out at nearly 500 um, just over a year ago so not a lot going on in traditional bond markets um, at the moment things are relatively stable the real action and for those of you with either diamond hands or laser eyes um, in your Twitter avatars will, will of course know this, the real action has been going on in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. There's been a huge outpouring of schadenfreude amongst traditional fund managers and investment analysts at what's been going on in Bitcoin in its plunge from $65,000 to $30,000 um, over the past week or so. It bounced back up to $40,000, um, nevertheless huge turbulence in cryptocurrencies driven by two things really i think one is obvious it's a, a elon musk is kind of almost seen as the, the the central banker of cryptocurrency in a way and he made a complete vault fast having uh, really talked up tesla's intention to use bitcoin for payments for cars and having a huge store of bitcoin there he's now seemingly uh, recognize the ESG damage that uh, cryptocurrency does. You know, the energy use is always compared now to the size of a, a relatively uh, significant global country in terms of what we, we, we are using to mine and store cryptocurrency at the moment. Elon Musk has got religion in some way and saying this is unacceptable. Um, and so that was one thing that led to a huge fall in, in uh, the price of Bitcoin. The other is coming out of China and uh, a big crackdown on its use there. You know, no sovereign wants to lose control of it, its currency, especially when um, you're a kind of totalitarian government and they are sort of banning the use of cryptocurrency for any payment and they're kind of going after crypto miners. I think some of the big HQs of crypto mining are um, are in China at the moment. So uh, those two things together are very important for the fall in uh, the price of crypto, especially Bitcoin. Uh, we've also had yesterday the United States um, talking about introducing the same sort of reporting requirements on Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies that people who use fiat currencies are subject to. So for instance, money laundering reporting, tax reporting, all of those sorts of things that make uh, crypto incredibly attractive to criminals and tax evaders and so forth. Uh, governments are waking up to the, this fact and wondering how they can um, make sure that those revenues are taxed or confiscated or uh, monitored in some way and, and again that caused a bit of a setback in bitcoin yesterday um, part of these things are coming up about as a result of the closure of that u.s oil pipeline that we saw um, that was resolved with a, a ransom payment 
uh, to the blackmailers um, earlier this week or last week, and that was paid in Bitcoin. And you know, this kind of ransomware trend is being driven by the fact that these ransom payments are made anonymously, not through the banking system, and can't be traced. And I think that, you know, as we also saw some attacks on Ireland's public health network by ransomware. This is going to become a big problem if if governments can't really stop somebody in a in a country out of reach like Russia being able to um, reap the benefits and get away with it scot free. So this is all going on at the moment. As I say, some Schadenfreude from those of us who uh, have models and so forth for valuing bonds or equities or, or other asset classes and uh, believe that it's a bit more sophisticated than what Deutsche Bank in their note today which is called from trendy to passe um, which is talking about how cryptocurrencies are, are, are moving from trendy to passe effectively and what they call the kind of tinkerbell effect that there is no valuation whatsoever it's the kind of Peter Powell Peter Pan um, talking to the children, explaining that Tinkerbell only exists because they believe in her. And uh, yes, yeah, good note, this Deutsche Bank note. I, I recommend you go and, go and read it if you're interested at all in what's going on in crypto at the moment. Finally today, UK retail sales up 42% year on year. Uh, absolutely staggering number, but not something that will really worry the Bank of England uh, when it comes to whether deciding whether it changes interest rates. You know, this is was generally expected. It's a little bit stronger than expected, but... When we're talking about big changes off small numbers a year ago, you know, you're not going to get your forecast very well uh, anchored in that in that way. So uh, 42% up, driven by petrol and clothing and reopening stuff. I don't think they'll be worried about that, but they probably will be more worried about what's going on in the UK's housing market. And there are some reasons for that, including the unlocking effect, uh, including stamp duty holidays and things like that. But generally, it appears that we're in another speculative up cycle in UK housing and I think perhaps the bank will be getting a little bit nervous about that not just from a monetary policy standpoint but also from a, a kind of prudential regulation and financial stability point of view have good weekends I'll speak to you next week bye